0: Alright guys, well welcome back to the Equipping Union Grace podcast. My name is Dave and I'm the host for this show. And today we are going to talk about the purpose of biblical application. And, and this is another episode that you guys have been asking, people have been asking me about on Facebook, on Instagram, in my email. Would you talk about biblical application? It is an absolutely critical thing for us to understand this topic because you know what we we read the word we study the word we meditate we even memorize the word but we're also by the grace of god with the help of the holy spirit we are to apply the word of god to our lives and it's important as we start this episode by by stating this that Application is a matter of obedience. But we need to understand also that the Holy Spirit desires to carry forth that word that you read, that you study, that you meditate, that you memorize, and that you meditate on and to plant it deep into your heart and life. Now, in California, where I moved from about a year ago, uh, there's redwood forests. And if you go to those redwood forests, what you're going to see is these redwood trees are massive. They have significant root structures and these trees are firmly rooted in the soil. What God wants for you as a Christian is for your life, your heart to be grounded in the fertile soil of of the word of god in fact god's word has much to say about those who apply the word to their life and how he blesses them one text among many that we could consider is james 1 22 through 25 it is the definitive text on integrating the word of god into our lives james hits the problem of application head-on here and he aims to resolve it. See the word of God both cuts and brings healing through repentance, resulting in greater trust and growth in the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we consider this passage in James one twenty two through twenty five, we are talking about hearing the word and doing the word due to the implanted word of God in the gospel in our lives. The only reason that that we can look at the mirror and not fall into the pit of despair is because the implant of the implanted word of God in Christ through the spirit. James 1:22 through 25 says this, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he's like but the one who looks in into the perfect law the law of liberty and perseveres being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts he will be blessed in his doing now what james is saying here in this text is what jesus himself says in john 13:17 which says, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. James 1 22 through 25 helps make sure that, that we don't get deceived, thinking all is well, and that we, are, we can see ourselves with clarity. Uh, well, I can say that I love my wife until I'm blue in the face, but if she doesn't see that as her reality, then she is right to question, and others are, my love of her. Similarly, I, I do love her and show her that by paying attention to her words, uh, thinking them, interacting with them, showing that I value her opinions, her thoughts. My love of my wife is not just something I think, but I love her in real time with real actions. And, and she can not only perceive it, she needs to see it as her reality. Well, we often look at our walk with God in this same way and think, well, I'm doing well, and and so then we proceed to check off certain boxes in our lives. When instead, we should probably be more alarmed by the many red flags whipping about in the wind. We often gloss over things, uh, looking at ourselves through through the lens of reality because we have a falsely elevated view of our walk with God see, but this is right here why I need you and you need me within the context of the local church. Above all else, we need to be hearing, we need to be reading, we need to be studying, we need to be meditating, we need to be memorizing the Word of God because it contains a real diagnosis and the right remedy to our sin in the grace of God. Now, the Holy Spirit is at work in the life of the Christian to help them see and to know the Lord Jesus Christ. According to James, we may know the truth powerfully. It can be as plain as day as you see yourself in the mirror. And James says that the word is, is not being driven down deep into the soil bed of our lives. We are like a man who looks in the mirror and then forgets immediately what he saw and looks away. And you see, when we do that, we, we go thinking, go away thinking, you know what, I'm all good with God. When the truth is, we've missed how the word of God has eminently practical value for our life. James's point is that the one who is blessed by God is not the one who looks in the mirror and then walks away unaffected, but the one who looks in the mirror with the word and walks away transformed by looking to Jesus. Such a person is the one whose life is going to be transformed and even grow in the grace of God and have godly character and be powerfully used by the Lord. Now, James has made it a point to make much of the gospel. In fact, he says this in James 1, 22 through 24 Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he's like. You see, if we truly hear the word of God, then we will do the word of God. We will obey it. And then and only then will will we not only not have either a knowledge problem or an application problem, but we will hear, we will apply the word of God to our lives and we will bear fruit for the glory of God, resulting in the formation of godly character in our lives. And when we hear the word and then go away and never practice the word, we are prone to self-deception, self-sufficiency, and to walking in our own strength rather than in the strength uh, that the Lord provides through the grace of God. The word doers in James one twenty-two is active. And growing up, I remember my mom often saying, and maybe your mom said this to you, Actions speak louder than words. But, but James's point here, it's similar to my mom's and maybe to yours, but it's more forceful. He's saying, become a doer. In other words, don't just tell me how great you're doing in your Christian life, how much you're checking off a list and doing these things. James is saying, show me, show me how you are doing. And James is saying, like I just mentioned, don't just tell me about how you just checked off your spiritual growth box, and, and now you've arrived, and you're doing well. In fact, don't even tell me, James is saying, how well you're doing in your walk with God. James is saying, I need to see it by your life. I need to, to see the evidence that transformation by the grace of God is, a, is occurring. Because James is concerned that that believing the right thing should lead to practice. Faith must lead to action. Those who are genuinely wise are those who show it through evidence. To those who know the right things, James says, and don't do it, it is sin. And in James 1.23-24, he develops this point in a meaningful way with a powerful illustration. And he does so to point out that the man who hears the word of God without obeying it "...is like a man who looks at the mirror briefly. He sees his face, he looks away, and does nothing but, but about the faults that they find there. Such a, a reaction, it doesn't make sense, but this is the force of what James is showing us. When we look in the mirror of the Word of God, the Holy Spirit comes alongside the Scriptures to, to bring it to bear on our lives, resulting in conviction and confession of sin." Now, rather than gazing at ourselves carelessly, we must stare into the mirror of the Word of God. We must allow it to expose our sin. To profit from the Word of God as a mirror, we need to understand what James is saying in James 1.25, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. And now the point that James is making, it's really powerful because the law of God is perfect. And since it's perfect, it's perfectly suited to guide our lives in this world. Now, we need to remember the law we're referring to is the law of Moses, the commands of the prophets, the example of godly conduct from the Old Testament children of God. And when Christians follow the law, not out of duty, but out of delight, they they truly do flourish. And when the Lord God gave the law, he added, I have brought you out of bondage. He didn't say, I hereby bring you into bondage. Now, James is speaking about the law of liberty, which is the power source for genuine freedom before the Lord. People today, they talk about wanting to be free to do whatever they want. But but deep down, we all know that this is not how life really works. At your job, you have to do what your boss tells you to do. Otherwise, you're going to get written up and then fired. And then you don't have a paycheck. If you have a hard, loving, and gracious conversation with someone about what's going on in their lives, and over time you don't see them applying what you've said to their lives, you're, you're going to wonder what you should do. do. Do you rejoice because they're struggling? Do you laugh at them? No, you are sad because you love and you care for this person and you, and you want what's best for them. This is what the law of liberty does. It helps us to understand the character of God at the heart level. The law of liberty is suited to address man's condition and to bring the remedy of the gospel to bear on all of life. And when we look at the mirror of our souls with the word of God, we can find genuine freedom and blessing and know how to love one another. We can can do so because of the grace of God, which through the Holy Spirit uses the word as a mirror. He holds it up to our lives. And convicts our hearts. James says blessed are those who gaze into the law. They remember it and they practice it. Genuine blessing in the Christian life lies in doing the will of God. Not merely in knowing the right answers. In Luke 11.28 Jesus has this to say about this subject. Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. That, that doing is concrete. It proves that we have true religion And now James is helping his readers to take the word, to plant it like a tree is planted in good soil. He wants his readers to to know not only the answers to the question of whether the gospel have saved your soul, but also whether you are presently persevering in the gospel, in the goodness of God. And so he commands that if the word is implanted in you, then it will bring forth evidence that demonstrates it. And James knows that such obedience is not a trivial issue. The, the call for visible obedience is unwavering. The logic is penetrating. James knows that, that such obedience may even be out of your reach right now. This is why he says in James 1.5 to ask for wisdom and the strength of the implanted word of God. La- last week we've, we talked about memorization and meditation. And this is where this conversation comes full circle. Biblical meditation leads to application and obedience to the word of God. When God instructed Joshua in Joshua 1.8 to meditate on the word of God day and night, he said the purpose was that so you may be careful to do everything written in it. The promise then in Joshua 1.8 was, was that you will be prosperous and successful, meaning that it would not be a, as a result of meditation only, but as God's blessing upon meditation results in application. Well, back in 2013, one of my former pastors, one of my best friends, he recently died in October of last year. He, he told me this, you have an application problem, Dave. Dave that, that was a big wake up call to me. See, rather than just staring at the Word of God and then looking away, i got help in applying it. To to get the help that you're going to need, you're going to have to open up the Word of God and read it with a desire to learn about God, His ways, His character, and the message uh, contained in the Gospel. As a Christian, you believe the Word of God is not merely the words of men, but the very breath of God. By approaching the word in the right way, you're going to aim to apply it to your life. You see, meditation is not an angle in and of itself, but a means of grace to help us grow and to drive the Word of God more in depth into our hearts, into our lives. Meditation is fuel for application. We all know that that we are living in an information age. Uh, this is an age where The news cycle turns 24-7, 365 days a year, all the time from social media and news outlets to TV to radio to podcasts. Uh, We are inundated with more information than at any time in the history of humanity, and here I am contributing to that uh, level of information. What we need most, however, is to stop and to come to the fount of the word of God, where God himself offers genuine refreshment uh, for parched spirits and food for our hungry souls. You see, if you do not apply the word of God, you can read, you can study, you can meditate, you can memorize the word of God all day and not profit from it at, at all. And meditating on the word, your heart is warmed and purified by the grace of God It fuels us like like a car at a gas station, encouraging us into passionate action for the glory of God. In Psalm 119.15, it says, I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. Through meditation, King David says he discerned the ways of God and how to be a doer of the Word of God. And as you meditate on the Word of God, ask good questions of the biblical text, the the more questions you ask and answer about a verse, the more insight and heart-level understanding you're going to have about how it applies to your life and the lives of others. And as you do this, you're going to see that Scripture is not a mere book. It's God's gift to help you see connections between the Scriptures, our world, and the lives of others. And then you'll start to see what John Stott talks about in his book, Between Worlds, or what Augustine of Hippo talked about in The City of God, understanding that the kingdom of God is both here and now. The kingdom of God is here now because of the finished and sufficient work of Jesus Christ. Through local churches, God is building his kingdom through his people, and yet his kingdom is of the future, when he will glorify the precious possession, the apple of his eye, his people, and they will be entirely clothed and like the Lord Jesus. So get to know Christ, your friend. And to do that, you're going to need to crack open your Bible and get to hearing, reading, studying, memorizing, meditating, and applying the word. Men and women uh, the, throughout church history whom the Lord used most powerfully, they were word-centered, word-shaped, and word-practicing Christians. And, and the Lord uses these men and women despite their fear, despite their anxiety, or their ability to speak and write. God desires to take the word and to drive it deep into your heart and into your life so that he might use you. You see, that, that's, that's where obedience comes into play. My, my, one of my friends says, how much of the word can you personally access? And it's a convicting question, but it gets to the heart of, of the discussion that we're having on this podcast. How much of God's word can you access? How much of God's word can you personally use to minister to other people? See, God wants all of us to grow in this, to grow in this skill. And that's why I need you. And you need me. We need one another. We need to see that the scriptures aren't just for our own answers. They're for our growth. They're they're to help us to grow in grace ourselves, to grow in godly character. And then, yes, to be used to minister to other people. You see, in the local church, we need one another. We need to do life with one another so that we can go out into our various vocations as word-shaped and word-formed Christians carrying forth the grace of God to others. And this is so, so important, friends. It's not enough to just say, I know the right answers. I can check a box. I can do all these things. How are you really doing at taking the word that you're hearing, reading, studying, meditating, memorizing? How is it being applied to your life? Are other people, is your spouse, if you're married, can, can they see the Word of God transforming your life? Can other people in your local church see the Word of God transforming your life? Where do people see you not growing that know you well? Or maybe even ask the question— where do you see that I need to grow in my in my life to people who've known you for maybe 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Or ask your spouse, "Hey, s- hey, where do you think I need to grow the most?" And be ready for an honest conversation. A conversation that that will no doubt humble you. No doubt challenge you. No doubt convict you. But that's a good thing, by the way. Conviction is not uh, something that we should fear as Christians. It's something that, that is a gift of God's grace that God uses in our lives and, and helps to point us to Christ. So today I just wanted to talk to you about the purpose of biblical application, why why it's so important, and, and what God is up to in taking the word that we hear, that we read, that we study, that we meditate on, that we memorize— and what the Holy Spirit wants to do there, and why we need one another, and most importantly, so that, so that we can grow to be like Christ. And I, I want to thank you for listening or even watching this episode of the Equipping Grace podcast. Until next time, may God bless you and keep you.